This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another unbiased, in-depth episode of The Drop Podcast. Our focus is on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other topics from around the NHL. So when the ref hands out that game misconduct penalty, tell him you don't care because you wanted to listen to the latest episode of The Drop anyway. Here's your host, Lance Descott. I am Lance Descott, and it is great to be back for another episode of The Drop podcast. Well, for a while, everybody knew eventually that the Blues were most likely going to sign uh, Maroon, and it ended up they got him at a great deal, $1.7 million a year. They may look into signing him for a longer deal towards the middle part of the year. I think the Blues are going to have to move some cap space around to do that. My thoughts on Maroon are this. When people are talking about him coming here for three to four years for three and a half to $4 million, I was not a big fan of it. I I really wasn't. But they get him for $1.75 million a year. How good is that? Well, let's take a look at how good that is. We all know Ryan Reeves, former Blue. We all love Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves got two years at $2.75 million a year. Yeah, Ryan Reeves is a tough guy who will stand up for people. But hey, Patrick Maroon is the same way. Is he as tough as Ryan Reeves? No, probably not, but he's pretty damn tough and can hold his own. Plus, he gives you a net front presence, and he scored 17 goals last year, and I believe had around 26 assists for, I think that's 43 points. So you can't complain about that. So let's go to somebody else, uh, Jimmy Vesey for the Rangers. Uh, Scored 11 goals last year, and they gave him a 2.275 contract. He's younger. But uh, it's comparable. Then we go to Bjorkstrand, who just signed a $7.5 million contract with the Blue Jackets. Had his best year last year, 11 goals and 29 assists. Now, of course, he's 23 years old, and he's probably going to score more than that in the future. But that brings you to $2.5 million a year. So the Blues got a really, really, really good deal on Pat Maroon. Just a great, great deal. Let's see what the guy can do. He's going to give them a net front presence that they haven't had since David Backus left. And I think he's actually going to score more than David Backus would have. I think he adds a lot to this team that just added a lot to the team with Bozak, O'Reilly, and now Patrick Maroon, Perron. This team is stacked. And the great thing about Patrick Maroon is he can play left wing and right wing. So they can move him all up and down this lineup. The Blues are going to have three real good lines. And with the depth they've got on the fourth line, I believe there's about seven guys now that can play the three positions on the fourth line. So they've got some options there. They're going to have a good fourth line. They've got great center play up the middle, which is what every team that was in the playoffs last year that did well. Vegas, they had great centermen. The Capitals had great centermen. Winnipeg had great centermen. And that is the way the Blues are going to win. Now, with all this excitement about the free agent signing, the trades, and so on and so forth, we've got to look at one thing. And everybody's going to say I'm negative, but I'm not being negative here. I have to look at this. Coach Mike has got a history, supposedly, 
and I can kind of see it from the way he coaches, to where centermen don't tend to have great years. His system does not fully show a centerman's talent. I think Coach Mike is going to have to change to be successful. Yeah, you want to keep your system, but you've got to put your guys in the best position to be successful. Doug Armstrong has went out and given Coach Mike a team that he should be successful with. So now it's on Coach Mike to, like I said, put these players where they need to be to be successful, to get the Blues into the playoffs and to have them have playoff success. Now, a lot of fans out there are saying the Blues are now the best team in the West. Nobody can beat them. They're going to go to the Stanley Cup. Well, let's go back a couple years after the Blues lost to San Jose in the Western Conference Finals. That offseason, I don't know why, but everybody naturally thought, this year's our year. We're going to win the Stanley Cup. Because we made it this close, it's going to be ours next year. And how did that go, guys? Didn't go very well, did it? Didn't go very well at all. It was an up-and-down season. They got rid of Coach Hitch and went to Coach Mike. He brought them back to respectability, got them into the playoffs. But they didn't make it past the second round. They really got beat up in the second round. So let's hope that Coach Mike will make some adjustments and this team can really become successful. They've got the talent. They definitely have the talent. On paper, are they one of the top two teams in the Western Conference on paper right now? I would say yes. I would most definitely say yes. And what gets me about that is we all know what the Blues have done. Every Blues fan is very well aware of it. But for some reason, when you turn it to NHL.com, NHL Network, and you're listening to these shows, All they talk about is Tavares. All they talk about is where's Carlson going. I watched three days in a row where they kept showing highlights, which they called highlights, of Austin Matthews sitting ringside watching Tavares skate. That was news. And then they talk about where Carlson's going and how Ottawa can make a splash this offseason. And if he goes to Toronto or Tampa, it's going to be the biggest move, so on and so forth. Nobody is talking about the Blues, which I don't like. Hey, but it could be good. I think these NHL teams that will play the Blues in the Western Conference, they know how good the Blues have gotten. They definitely know how good the Blues have gotten. They're not going to sit there and and think about what the NHL.com or NHL Network says about the Blues or a lack of what they say about the Blues. Blues fans know, other coaches in the Western Conference know, the Blues are better. You don't think Chicago thinks the Blues are better than they were last year? You don't think Winnipeg thinks that? You don't think Dallas thinks that? You don't think Colorado thinks that? You don't think Nashville thinks that? I guarantee you these coaches think that. But I think the team we have here can be very successful. This is going to be, in my mind, a make it or break it year for Coach Mike. Now, you all know I'm not the biggest Doug Armstrong fan. But last year, he went and got Shin tried to improve the team, but there just wasn't enough there. Robbie Fabry's injury hurt, Jaden Schwartz being out hurt, and it really, really stunted the team's growth. But this year, there's no excuses. Armstrong's went out and got the players, and now Coach Mike has to coach them, as I said earlier, to be successful. The rest of the league, you know, there might be some still minor moves that are going to happen. I don't know how long Ottawa's going to take to do this Carlson thing. And the big hindrance to them uh, getting rid of Carlson is the Bobby Ryan contract. They're paying this guy around $7 million a year. Bobby Ryan's a nice player. $7 million a year, nice player. 
No, he's not. He's had a couple pretty good years in the NHL, but he is not a $7 million player. And they've only got themselves to blame. They're the ones that signed him to that contract. So if they're having a hard time getting rid of Carlson because they want teams to take Bobby Ryan, it's their own fault. It's nobody else's fault at all. Well, let's get into something I normally don't talk about a lot. And that's stuff that I post on Twitter. I do that now and again when it's something important. But recently, I've had people call me out for some things that I put on Twitter. And I'm just going to set them to rest real quickly. I am not Andy Strickland. I am not Jeremy Rutherford. I'm not any of the Blues beat writers. I'm not any of the guys that follow the Blues for the NHLs. I'm not them. But I do have contacts in NHL teams. Do I have contacts in all of them? No, I do not. I got those contacts by playing hockey throughout my life with some of these guys that now work for the front office for some of these NHL teams. That's just the way my relationships are. I'm not going to go into who it is or anything like that. I've been getting asked time and time again, who are your sources? How do you know this? Well, if you don't give up your sources, that means they're not true. Do you ever see Andy Strickland give up his sources? Do you ever see Jeremy Rutherford give up his sources? Do you really see any beat writer or any writer for any NHL team give up their sources? They normally say someone in the front office, someone who's close to the team, someone who's close to the player. I won't even go that far. I don't ever, ever tell exactly who that person is. You can't do it. If you continue to do that, you're going to get yourself in trouble and those sources are no longer going to be there for you. That's the way it is. So let's lay that one to rest. Let's get that out of there. You know, I I try to be as transparent as possible on Twitter, but some people, they just push it and push it and push it and think that they have a right to know where, where you get stuff from. And if you can't tell them, then you're lying to them. You don't know what you're talking about, so on and so forth. Another issue, I've gotten emails about this and gotten some responses through Twitter. I've been saying all along that this injury Robbie Fabry got was not an injury, a second knee injury, was not due to the fact it was a botched surgery. People have been saying that time and time again. Oh, it was a botched surgery. And that's the reason why it went bad and it tore again. No, it was not a botched surgery. Because if it was a botched surgery, do you honestly think the Blues would have the exact same guy operate on Robbie Fabry that they did the first time? No. This is not a botched first surgery that caused his injury for the second injury in his ACL. It's not. Robbie Fabry's going to have issues. He just is. Just after one surgery with an ACL, ask any hockey player, football player, after you play, your knee's going to be swollen. That's just a fact of life. You're going to be sore. You're going to hurt. Scar tissue's going to build up, and it's not going to be fun. It's going to be painful. And then with two injuries, he's going to have a hard time coming back. Could he come back and be the player that he was before? There's a possibility of it, but I think we'd all be happy if he come back and was 90% of what he was. I think it's a lot for people to expect Robbie Fabry to come back and play on this top line and pl- or play on the second line and put in 18 minutes a game. I think that's too much to ask of him off the bat, and a lot of people are expecting this of him. I'm not expecting it of him. I'd like to see him come back and be taken slow. Take it back slow. Put him in for 10, 12 minutes a game. Let's see how he does. Let's see how that knee responds. 
see how sore he is, see how swollen it is, and let's take it from there. This is a young player that doesn't need more pressure put on him to perform. I want him to do well, but I also want him to have a long career and to not hurt that knee again. Because guys, I'm going to tell you, you can disagree with me, but it's a fact. If he tears that knee one more time, he's done. His NHL career is over. You cannot have three tears in an ACL and expect to play in the NHL in an 80-plus game season. It's not going to happen. But let's hope he's rehabbed it well. Let's hope the second surgery went well. Let's hope he can get out there and get back into this lineup and give the Blues that spark that he gave him since his rookie season. I wish him the best. So guys, I just wanted to have a quick, quick podcast here. Touch on a few things about Patrick Maroon since I wasn't able to do so uh, after they signed him immediately and touch on the Robbie Fabry injury and touch on the issues with uh, Twitter. I, like I said, I normally don't like to mention that stuff, but I want everybody to know where I'm coming from and why I respond certain ways on Twitter. It's just the way that it is, and I know the true fans of the show understand it and appreciate it. Been getting a lot of emails from everybody. I want to thank you guys for those. As soon as the season gets going again, I've got them backlogged to where we can ask some questions from what you guys are sending me, and I will eventually answer all those. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the Drop Podcast. You're the reason I do it. And until next time, stay safe, stay happy, be nice on Twitter, and let's go Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. If you want to download this episode, past episodes, or subscribe to The Drop, you can find us online at droppodcast.com, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at officialthedrop. For more information about Lineup Media FM or The Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com or lanced at droppodcast.com. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.